This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The Saints, a 38-27 victory over the Indianapolis Colts. Now 4-4 four and four on the season, Cajun Cannon. Uh, quite a victory for this black and gold squad who now gets to come back for a game next week. Uh, it'll be home against the Chicago Bears. But all in all, uh, they really needed this one in Indianapolis. Well, uh, <clears throat> hey, we had to win. We in first place. Had to, right. Now, uh, talking to Charlie Long, uh, we could very well have season uh, six wins instead of being 500, but it is what it is, but we still in first place. You know, you represent the NFC South and you win uh, the division, you get to host a home game. And we play Atlanta twice. So, obviously, we still in control our destiny. And now with Kirk Cousins going down, what he got? He blew out his Achilles? What, are we playing, uh, are we playing freaking backup quarterbacks? <laughs> You should never lose. Uh, you know, you got to win one to win two. You got to win two to win three. So going into the bye week, uh, can we go? Why, why can't we go uh, three straight victories? I mean, that's where we're at right now uh, with the Saints. And uh, listen, they handled adversity. They, they weathered the storm. Listen, usually I don't do this at the beginning. I got to read this text because it's right on. This is from... Uh, 8873. Uh, hey, Cannon. Rashid plays like a number one draft pick. Not Chris Olave. Olave a spoiled brat. Still thinks he's at Ohio State. Uh, who that? Uh, not Colts. Thanks. Let me tell you. We've seen enough of that. We don't need uh, Brandon Cooks 2.0. Okay, let me catch the ball and fall down. You're, playing, uh, you're not playing flag football. You're playing tackle football. Uh, or, or run out of bounds, or, oh, oh, maybe the lights are in my eyes. What? You're a pro. The light's in your eyes. What are you talking about? The sun? So now it's like the sun is the lights. Oh, the light's in my eye. Uh, aren't you coordinated? You receive. You can't let it hit you in the face mask. No, I'm going to elaborate on that more. Uh, no, uh, Chris Olave, why in the hell are you playing inside you wearing a hood? Why are you wearing a hood and covering your mouth? Don't you want to breathe? To be able to take a deep breath, settle down, no, we're not playing outside where it's snowing or it's freezing. I mean, uh, uh, Chris Olave needs to go to a sports psychologist to analyze where he's at. You're not at Ohio State. You're not big-time college football. This is the freaking NFL. You got to come to play. Rashid Shaheed is more a gamer than Chris Olave. Michael Thomas is a gamer. All the people that hate on Michael Thomas, I know Michael Thomas is tough. He missed a couple of tough catches, but he don't pout. He don't sulk. I mean, I look at it at times, uh, and you might say, well, uh, Derek Carr, uh, we need a better quarterback than Derek Carr. All I know today, he was 19 of 27, 310 yards, had a quarterback rating of 133 and a half. Hit one of his receivers in the helmet. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, uh, I mean, when I look at that, I mean, the accuracy – and then uh, what more can you say uh, about Taysom Hill? 
I mean, the combination. Uh, you know, I look at everything. All-purpose yards, total yards of scrimmage. Rashid Shaheed, 199 all-purpose yards. Kamara, 100 total yards of scrimmage. Taysom Hill, 121 t- total yards. You know what I was ecstatic with that we finally, now I'm going all over the place right now, but you know what I was excited about? As a team, we averaged over four yards a carry. We averaged four and a half yards a carry throughout the game, big sample size, 36 attempts. We came into the game averaging only three and a half yards. Now, I thought the Colts would have success. I didn't know they were going to have this much success running the football. We came into the game giving a 3.9 they got 6.8. It seemed like that all happened in the first half of the first quarter. Uh, look, Jonathan Taylor, a 7.9 right at 8 yards, and then Moss was uh, right at 6 yards a carry. Now, the one thing, if you're a, a Colts fan, and my son, my youngest son, Bo, he left St. Louis, went with his fiance, and they drove from St. Louis to Indianapolis, you know, three-and-a-half, four-hour drive to represent the Houdat Nation. And he said, Dad, we got to win. I said, I think we are going to win. Now, you got the VIP uh, treatment. You got to go on the sideline before the game. Nothing to do with the Saints. It's all who you know, Justin Gentile. I mean, it's, it's a kid that went to high school with Bo and T-Bob, more T-Bob's age. Now he works with the Colts, but he treated them well. So he went and he represented, and we got to win. This is a game. The Huda has got to go to every road game now. Oh, now the Huda <laughs> Nation travels, and they travel well. And the thing is, you got to come away with a win. This is the game. It, it, it was like it's not a must-win mathematically, but it's a must-win psychologically. psychologically. Yes. Oh, no, no, without a doubt, you got you got to be freaking kidding me. And it's also a must-win psychologically because you know what? We've had the damn Colts number in Indianapolis. Uh, when they won, they beat us in Baltimore. But guess what? They're not in Baltimore anymore. They're in uh, Indianapolis. And you know when we played at Lucas Oil Stadium? I mean, it's very similar to Ford Field. It, it looks like a factory. Uh, but it's nice inside. You know, uh, the one place I told you to Steve, about Indianapolis, very similar to New Orleans, that you can have a Final Four, you can have a Super Bowl, because you can walk to everything. Right, it's not like you have to commute 15, 20 it's minutes not everywhere. like in Atlanta or Los Angeles, got to get in the damn car, it's a half an hour away. <laughs> right. No, you can walk to everything. So a great environment. I, I like Indianapolis, you know, uh, a blue collar, uh, very similar to we got uh, here down south. But we're now 2-0 and at Lucas Oil Stadium. The Saints have been the coach. we 2-0. And uh, you know what? We are uh, playing in Indianapolis. Uh, we're now 4-1. and We've had their number with nine. Uh, we played them 14 times. We've won nine times. And uh, the Colts are the poster child, one of the original franchises to promote the NFL. So all I know in the history, the Saints came into the league, the Colts, kind of old school. We won nine times. I've lost five. So we got the Colts number uh, with all said and done. Now, uh, to go back, what I would normally do with this format, uh, th- th- this should be a goal for our offense. This right here is why we won the game. And I think it was convincingly. Uh, now, we went plus or minus to zero for the turnover margin. Now we're still plus uh, three for the season. This has been our Achilles heel. What are we doing offensively on third down and in the red zone? Okay? I'm going to tell you what happened. 
If we do this, if we do this every game, I'm guarantee you we might run the table. We're gonna go undefeated. Hello, what are you talking about? No, I can tell you right now, you'd almost. Where's the Kool Aid? I'm putting. I'm drinking, well, bringing well, it out. No, you would almost have to give the ball up. Now you can't turn it over, but I'm saying if you possessing the football and you're doing this, we were six of twelve on third down, fifty percent. If we fifty percent the rest of the season on third down, and we seventy five percent in the red zone. Nice Scoring touchdowns, we were three or four. Hell yeah, we're not losing. I'm telling you where our defense is at. If we can convert 50% on third down and be 75% in the red zone, the Saints are going to run the table. Now, I don't think that's going to happen, but why not happen against the Bears, the bad news Bears? Why not happen against the Vikings? I don't care if we go to Minneapolis and they blow that damn horn and skull and they do all that crap and all, hostile environment. Another backup QB. When I played oh, Kirk Cousins, right. yeah, come on, that we should uh, be able to very one game at a time, win two in a row to get the three in a row. Uh, then the back end of the season, you play the Falcons twice. You still got to play Tampa Bay. You still got to play Carolina. So can you control your destiny and win the uh, NFC South? Now you know what's crazy, and it's very entertaining because if anybody says our offense is boring, I mean, like, well, what the hell are you talking about? No, uh, they they might. Um, you might be frustrated with him, and you're like, "Come on!" And, uh, and you know, but as far as like, you know, getting first downs or moving the ball and getting yardage, okay, look at his the last three games. You want to talk about explosiveness? The last three games we've had 430 yards, 407 yards, and 511 yards total offense. That's 1,348 yards. Of total offense of the last three games. What are we, the LSU fighting Tigers with Jane Daniels? No, well, we can move it. Now, the difference is what we're doing on third down the red zone. Right? You got to get touchdown. Now, if you get an explosive play, a bomb like Rashid Shaheed, man, uh, I'm going to tell you what. Okay, if you're going to look at our receivers right now, I think if you're trying to get first downs at all, uh, Chris Olave, sorry, uh, you back on, on the totem pole. Then they're not going to do that. But this is what I would do. I'll tell you right now. Mike Thomas, you're leading Mike all. Thomas is one. Yeah. Rashid Shahid is two. Chris Olave is three. But you know, that, and, and Chris Olave said, man, you're not throwing me the ball. What are you talking about? Guess who had the most targets? Hmm. Chris Olave. Five catches. He had uh, uh, nine targets. He caught 46 yards. Rashid Shahid, three targets, three catches, 153 yards. Uh, Mike Thomas, seven catches, four, four receptions, 68 yards. 17-yard average. And Michael Thomas dropped a couple of balls, even though they were slightly behind him on a slant. That's where Drew Brees is so accurate. That's where uh, Derek Carr, can you be more accurate? But, uh, but, but Michael Thomas would tell you, even though that ball right. slightly behind me, I got to catch that. I got to freaking catch that ball. But again, when I look at it right now, um, like the turnover margin, we were zero, zero interceptions. We got an interception. Uh, we had one lost fumble. Now, the one thing that at times bothered me, we had eight penalties. That's on the cusp of having nine or, a, uh, you know, we had eight for 73. You don't want nine or 100 yards, and that's like giving up a touchdown. So we're able to weather that storm, and that did not occur. You know who finally, fo- finally showed up? I like his average and was running hard. Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams, six attempts. Now, he only had 30 yards, but he averaged five yards a pop. I like that. Now, I, what can I say more about uh, Taysom Hill? Uh, Taysom Hill averaged seven yards. Uh, but uh, if you look at Taysom Hill's career, he's always averaged uh, five and a half yards or more. 
Now, Kamara, I wish he was averaging more, uh, three and a half, but I think Kamara's playing hard uh, right now. I, I kind of like, I look at total yards from scrimmage. He had, uh, when all said and done, he had 59 yards uh, rushing and 51 yards receiving. You know, instead of 100 yards, I'd want that to be between 120 and 130. Uh, 150 is an uh, exceptional game, but he had 100. But then you look at – 110. But, yeah, yeah, uh, he had 110. Uh, I don't know, Steve. I, I got, like, rushing and uh, – 59 plus 51, 110. Yeah, yeah, 110. Well, what, what did I tell you? I can, oh, I can do my health. Yeah, man, yeah, I got that. It's like 110. Good job. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. So, Thank you. Uh, so, when I look at that, uh, I want, want more 120 to 130 in, in that area. And uh, Taysom Hill – it was like I said, if you look at him rushing, passing the football, receiving, was at uh, 121 yards. Uh, now, we couldn't necessarily stop. And uh, listen, that, that might be the, great, the best one-two punch as far as running backs in the NFL uh, with uh, Jonathan Taylor and Moss. They average eight yards and six yards of carry. So that did not uh, surprise me. Uh, Rashid Shaheed continues uh, – to lead the, uh, the, like a punt returner, he's amongst the best. Eleven, anytime he double digits, he averaged uh, eleven and a half yards a punt return. He had that long punt return of uh, fifteen yards. So when I look at, um, like, okay, I- I'm looking at the top players. You look at all-purpose yards right now. Okay, uh, d- uh, look, this is going into this game. Okay, Tyreek Hill was number one at nine sixteen. Christian McCaffrey, number two, with 826. A.J. Brown, who had an outstanding game today with the Eagles, 809. Rashid Shaheed uh, had uh, a 789 coming into the game. So now he's at right under 1,000, 988 all-purpose shards. Wow. So, no, uh, I always tell this. I, I, I say, come on, Sneaky Pete. Coach Carmichael, you got to get that, his hands on the ball more. He got to touch the ball more, simply because how explosive he is. Uh, that being Rashid Shaheed. Because look at that. That's all household names that he's competing with. Now, as far as defensively, uh, looking at, uh, I think, Demario Davis coming back at 12 total tackles. There should never be a game where Double D does not have over double-digit tackles. I think he is truly that good. Well, today he had 12. Now, the one thing uh, why he had this many tackles, because teams aren't going away from Marshawn Lattimore. Lattimore had nine unassisted tackles, which is second on the team, only behind Demario Davis. Now you look at quarterback Hurridge. Remember, uh, against the Jaguars, we had no sacks, no quarterback hurries. Well, today we had two sacks and seven quarterback hurries. Big difference of a story right there. It's not 0-0. It's not nil-nil. No, it's two sacks and seven quarterback hurries. Uh, Demario Davis had a quarterback hurry. Uh, I'm looking at Carl Granison, a sack, three quarterback hurries. How about Shepard? Uh, you want to talk about a free, agent, a free agent acquisition? He had a sack, two quarterback hurries, a tackle for loss. Uh, Carl Granison, a sack, three quarterback hurries, and a tackle for loss. That should be the storyline for our defense going forward. Th- th- that's what it has to be. Uh, we can't get shut out. Because I'm telling you, no matter who we playing, the Bears or the Vikings or after the bye, who we playing, our defense can't have an off game. Our defense, uh, because I think truly the way we structured, we cannot be in shootout type games. I'll tell you, we, okay, we won 38 to 27. But I'm telling you, it's going to be more that we would win more like 23 to 17. 
Uh, I'm just telling you, watch what I'm telling you. To say that, oh, now we're on a roll, we're going to score 30-plus games, all these games in a row, I don't think that's going to happen, even though we're playing the Bad News Bears and coming up with the Vikings. We're not structured that way. So the point I'm making is our defense has to have this kind of production for us to win and not have the production they had against the Jaguars because that's not a winning formula. We'll be back with more of the Ciroc Point after Ciroc Ultra Premium Vodka right after this on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Back here on the Ciroc Point after Ciroc Ultra Premium Vodka back here on the uh, Bud Lake. <laughs> What are we doing right now, Bobby? I don't even know. I, I don't know. Tongue the Ciroc twister. Point yeah. After. Yeah, I'm, I'm confused on which show I am right now. The Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Lo- looking at uh, the team, uh, s- still want to see more out of Chris Olave. And I know you don't want to pile on someone during a victory, but, man. They're, Why they're, not? He's a pro. He, he's not a student athlete. He's a pro. We saw at times you in this game uh, where he made a grab and it seemed like he could have cut and made a turn for to go upfield. I'm not saying... He would have gone into the end zone, but who knows? It was no, at least five, at six, least seven more five, yards. Five, six, seven more yards. How about another uh, ball that dropped in front of him? It looked like he made no effort to even well, try and catch it. How about you extend your arms and go for the football, baby? You might launch yourself <laughs> and dive and catch it. Uh, no, I'm not going to go out there. I might land wrong and separate my shoulder. Okay, uh, is, is that... Is that uh, like a goal for you that uh, I got to stay healthy at all costs? No, you got to sell out. If you want the fans to embrace you, you got to be a sellout receiver. So uh, you can't be saving yourself. You can't be, you know, the old saying, uh, like even the Franco Harris thing, you can't go out of bounds where you get extra yardage. Now, at the end of the game, when you're trying to stop the clock, then you go out of bounds. Right, that's a whole different no, scenario, right? No, you might get right? an extra five or six, seven yards, but that long ball, how can you not find the ball in the air? And then going out of bounds, and then it just uh, hits him in the face mask. No, uh, he, he looks like uh, uh, you got to be focused. You're a pro. That's why I say, uh, do you go to a sports psychologist? Do you go somewhere to help get uh, your mind right? Because you are you were targeted the most by any receiver. And we saw Carr making that an active part of the game. Like, he was trying to get him the ball, well, so the, he the, was the, involved. The bottom line is Derek Carr's a pro, and um, – Chris Olave is like a, a virgin. He's a pup. Uh, uh, a pup. No, no. What it is, uh, I'd always remember, this is old school, and I still think they would do this, some players, that you're still a rookie. Now, we passed four games. They said you're still a rookie until you play four games in your second season. So, I'm all Chris Olave. Will you play more than, game, more than four games in your second season? No, he looks more at times like he's trying to save himself, two more like Brandon Cooks. Catch a slant, fall down. Um, I like more the receivers than I understand as a quarterback. Just put the ball in there and don't worry about the defensive back. I'm going to catch it. I'm going to take the hit very like uh, what I Eric Martin or Michael Thomas. Throw the ball in there. Hell yeah, we got to get the first down. First down, Saints, move the chains. Not like, oh, I got to save myself. You might say, well, well Bobby did little. Uh, it's Tyreek Hill. He's not that big, is he? <laughs> But he's the cheater, you know. So uh, again, uh, now I, I, I'm not beating down Chris Olave. Uh, I, I guess I am, but you are a pro. You are a pro. Um, and, now, there's uh, just certain parts of the growth and maturation process you want to see from this young receiver. And you know, there's been a few unfortunate things, obviously, early on this season. 
And we're just – in this game, we, we saw, I guess, things stand out even more with so many other things going right. Well, uh, and the thing is, is that you have to understand the task at hand and where you were drafted, the responsibility that comes with that. And he worked in the offseason to get stronger. Right. We saw that in camp. To make contested catches. But, you know, in practice, they're not really tackling you. But in a real game, they do tackle you. <laughs> so uh, the bottom line, you can't be soft. And everybody was giving – some people, I don't know, they would tell me this. I don't look at social media. I don't, you know, I, I don't really do that. But I would say, like, oh, Bobby, uh, you know, they say Chris Olave is a great receiver. I go, great. That, that, that word gets tossed out too much. Right, pump the brakes now, on that. Yeah, you could say good or he's very good. Oh, yeah, but he had 1,000 yards receiving. Well, hell, they play 17 games. Shouldn't he have a 1,000-yard receiver if he's the man? So, no, no, Chris Olave is, is good. And I think he has potential to be very good. But to say great. Great is like Jerry Rice and Randy Moss and all. But what, that's, that's what people say, like, great. Uh, you know who's great right now? Like Tyreek Hill. Now, that, that, that's great. When you just say no, you can say, like, there's a bunch of very good receivers around the National Football League to say this guy's great, that guy's great, and all that. He's well, the GOAT. He's the GOAT. Everybody's the, the GOAT. GOAT. Well, well, what are you talking about? No, I, I'm just trying to make a living as a professional receiver. Right now... Uh, make a living considering expectation where you were drafted. Uh, who's better, uh, Rashid Shaheed or Chris Olave? Hello, hello. Can't argue with okay, you. Okay, right Ohio now. State, Weber, Weber State. However you describe <laughs> it, and Utah in the middle of nowhere. It doesn't matter where you go, but you're in the pros now. Uh, that that's what matters. Where you what you do it in the pros. Want to hear from you? The Oakland Hard Jewelers talk and text line. See all lined up there. 504-260-1870. Back with more of the Ciroc Point after, right after this on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Ooh. 
that. Welcome into the Ciroc Point after Ciroc Ultra Premium Vodka. Remember, Saints win, you win at McDonald's. The Black and Gold getting a 38-27 victory in Indianapolis. Saints now 4-4 four and four on the season, tied for the best record in the NFC South at the Atlanta Falcons ended up losing their matchup so the black and gold now tied with them at 4 and 4 the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost on Thursday night football they are 3 and 4 on the season want to get into our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line Cajun Cannon we're going to go to Keith and Harvey what you got for us today Keith what you got what you got Keith good morning i like i, I like that name Keith i'm not going to say Keith uh, yeah. th i'm going to say <laughs> Keith Keith what you got yeah Keith Thank you. Uh, I got two things to bring up, and then I'll listen. Okay, Bobby. Okay. One is when you were talking about the defense with the Mario Davis. Well, in my opinion, now one touchdown really shouldn't have counted against the defense because they called the defensive lineman for being over the center. Well, 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 hold on. Hold on. That's the rule. Brian Brzee has to know that you cannot line up over the center in a field goal attempt. Uh, they should have got three points instead of seven. Uh, that that's coaching. Uh, I got to hold the special team coach accountable that uh, to be able to communicate that to the player and say no, you cannot cover the center. Yeah, they they changed the rules. It's not like you could just go kill the center to force a bad snap. They all worried about concussions and all. You can't do that anymore. So that's why Keith, right there, no, that was the right call. Brian Brzee, uh, if he didn't know any better, then the coaches got to tell them, hopefully it does not occur again down the season because you cannot do that. Because the, 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 uh, the coach would have taken the three points instead of all of a sudden, you know, they end up getting a touchdown. No, that could be a big swing whether you win or lose. So uh, th- that's what happened on that play. Okay, because one of the announcers thought that he really wasn't technically over the uh, center. He was over the shoulder. No, he was on the shoulder. You can't cover the center at all. Uh, okay, so, okay. Then maybe his shoulder pad was over. Yeah, the, yeah you can't do that. Saying. No, it might be a fine line, but you cannot do that. Okay. Then, then the, the reason I really called you was on the pass, on what they call the pass. Right. Why wasn't it called intentional grounding then? Okay, because, uh, because he, was I, I could t- the, he was obviously in the ground. Right, right. And he just threw the ball down to the ground. Right, So right. they either should have blew the whistle on a, on uh, in the grasp on intentional grounding and then call either one. That's a good point. Now, let me tell you, this goes back to the old, uh, what year Charlie or Steve did the tuck rule with Tom Brady against the, uh, the Raiders in the snow in the playoffs? So what year? That might have been almost two decades. Uh, I, I think it was under two decades, but that whole damn tuck rule thing. I can tell you right now, as a quarterback, Tom Brady, Gardner Minshew, they're getting hit and they're going forward and they're still possessing the football. It's not out of their hands. And they really want to, like, try, and, but their uh, the energy going forward, they cannot control the ball, so it leaves their hand, but they really want to tuck it. They ain't throwing the damn ball. But it's the damn tuck rule. Yeah, and, that was the 2001 AFC okay. Divisional Playoff. Okay, so it's over two decades. So that damn tuck rule with Tom Brady. I'm telling you right now, as soon as I seen that he was possessing the football oh, in yeah, his hands. Oh, yeah, you called hands, it right away. And he was going forward. I said, no, that's an incomplete pass. There's no way the NFL could go against that based on the tuck rule with Tom Brady. And I said, Tom Brady fumbled. I think Gardner Minshew fumbled. 
But the way they got the rule described with the tuck rule, it, it, they give the quarterback the benefit of the doubt, and it's a forward pass, even though it goes on the ground. And it might be like, oh, well, he threw it in the ground while he was getting hit. He couldn't control where he wanted the ball to end up. But to me, that was not a fumble. Uh, that, that, listen, we would have had a touchdown there. You know, talk about scoop and score and have some momentum. Uh, but now if that ball was uh, not in his palm of his hand or his fingertips and the ball was moving, then you try and just go forward, then that's a fumble. But by him possessing the ball in his hands and going forward, no, that's the tuck rule. They're going to call incompletion. Keeping the good times flowing here on the Ciroc Point After. Ciroc Ultra Premium Vodka. Be right back with more on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Welcome back into the Ciroc Point After. Ciroc Ultra Premium Vodka. Time to hear Derek Carr's post-game interview, which is brought to you by the Bill Hood Automotive Group. Everything automotive under one hood. Here's QB1. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, especially... um... You know, especially in the red zone. You know, we have been moving the ball. You know, whether we threw it, ran it, doesn't matter. Um, you know, we did it all in all kind of ways today, and that's that's exciting for us. So um, it feels good, um, and it's exciting. You know, some of the stuff we talked about over the weekend and all that kind of stuff, we did better at the end of the game. And um, like I like I told y'all um, earlier this week, I thought we were. I think we're getting better. You know, and uh, um, I'm just happy that the fruits of that showed up. You know, you never know how long it takes and. All that kind of stuff. Now, now the words just being consistent with what we're doing. Do you think all the talk you all have, all the talks you all have, this with all the meetings, helped lead to this? I think so. Um, it was it was needed, you know. Uh, you know, when I, especially for myself, you know, when I'm at one place for nine years, you know, if I get banged up or hurt something, you know, everyone in that building knew I was playing that Sunday. You know, if I, you know got upset or, you know, something like that. They, they knew where my heart was coming from and all that. I, I, I could rely on that, you know, whereas I'm in a new place and new things are happening. You got to prove yourself. You got to, you got to, you know, help, help guys understand where you're coming from, help guys build the relationship. And, uh, and that's something that I just felt like the Lord put on my heart to do better this week. And, um, you know, I thought, I thought some of that showed up today, you know, and try not to be so emotional. Um, if a bad play happened and, you know, just, hey, just keep it pushing and talk about it and move on. And um, I was really proud of how we handled that kind of stuff, too. But you did show some emotion after a couple of big plays. Yeah, oh, yeah. The exciting ones. Right. The exciting time. Yeah, I was trying to um, – It's. I've always said, like I always told you, I, I try my best to stay here, but sometimes on those big plays I get real excited. Uh, even on runs, like I see someone's block, I'll just go nuts. You know, I just, I just love that stuff. And so um, – that part I was good with, uh, but, you know, the negative stuff, I just try to be more upbeat and, you know, positive, you know, knowing that we still had a lot of, lot of game left to play. Um, and uh, so I thought we, we handled our, you know, body, body language and those kind of things better this week. Well, um, you know, Pete, you know, Pete trusted us, you know, again with that. Um, it was something that we talked about that we liked during the week and, um, you know, I had got to that situation. I told him, you know, going into those last couple drives, I was like, Pete, that's a call I like, you know, because he's always asking me. It's not like it's a new thing. You know, he's always asking. I was like, I like this one. And and honestly, I, I was even thinking, Chris, you know, but, you know, the safety stayed more on this hash and um, allowed Sheed, you know, versus Press to go win and uh, make a huge play for us. And what a day that guy had. Yeah, I'm sorry, I think um, I think well we won you know that that always helps you know a lot of the things look better you know and 
uh, we did better in the red zone. Uh, we've been, we, we were moving the ball, um, you know, right now, and I say for the past couple weeks, we've been moving the ball well, but we finished today, you know, and, um, you know, like I had told you know everybody before, like I've, I told you guys on earlier this week on Wednesday, I feel like we're getting better, even though the whole world was falling down. You know, I was like, you know, inside our building, we are, we're getting better. Um, we're communicating, uh, we're talking about things. Uh, and I thought that that showed today. And, I, and I, that was the thing too, is like me and Jameis were talking like, it's cool that you got, we won this game, especially after the communication and conversations that we had relationally and all those kind of things to see it come to fruition today was cool. I just, like I had said before, you know, when I'm in, I, I was at one place for, no, you're fine. Uh, I was at one place for nine years. Um, you know, if I was hurt, you know, no one even asked if I was playing. You know, if if I came, you know, if I yelled or if I was upset or if I did something, they knew where I was coming from, and I felt like it was really important for me in a new place that I, that I felt the Lord put on my heart. Like I, I needed to, you know, describe what, I, what I'm what I'm thinking, what I'm seeing, communicate better, um, and not just rely on nine years in a place that wasn't this place. Um, you know, and so uh, that takes time, that takes relation relationship, but. You know, like me and AK said, like we were standing on our sideline, we we, were, we knew it'd take time, but you know, you know, our demand won't change. Like we want it to happen now. That's Derek Hart's post-game interview brought to you by the Bill Hood Automotive Group. Everything automotive under one hood. Back with the Ciroc Point after on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network right after this. Saints, a 38-27 win at Indianapolis. Black and gold now 4-4 four and four on the season. Getting to the Oakland Hart Jewelers talk and text line. You can chime in, 504-260-1870. Going to hit Tommy in Lakeview. What you got for us today, Tommy? Hey, guys. How y'all doing, Bobby? Como se va? Como se va? What you got, Tommy? All right. Uh, Rashid ought to be running the wide receiver meetings, dude. Straight up, right? Uh, Mike <laughs> and Chris went to, I don't know, some, some different kind of school, like a punk school or something. Well, the, thing, thing, is, thing, the, the, the thing is, uh, Tommy, is that Rashid Shahid speed kills. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. look, uh, and, and I thought we should, and I said this in the pregame, we should take advantage of the Carolina secondary. You know, that that was one thing, you know, you don't know how the game and the absent flow of the game. But when you look at the yeah. Colts' uh, s- secondary, uh, they were starting a pair of rookies at cornerbacks, and their top rookie, Juju Brents, was out. He didn't even play. So they had basically special team corners out there, and uh, good for Pete Carmichael, good for David Carr, Rashid Shaheed. Who in the hell this guy's bump and run? He can't hang. <laughs> Did you see how open Rashid Shaheed was? Oh, yeah. He blew past him. High school. Well, he, he, high school. Okay. High school. High he school. should have done that. Exactly. Bobby, I got a football question for you. The interception by Adebo, that was one of the most heads-up plays I've seen because he caught that interception on the two or the three, and his momentum carried him back into the end zone. I don't know if he had the presence of mind to try to re- re- return that stuff because he knew that had he been tackled in the end zone, the ball would have been at the two. He broke two tackles in the end zone and ran it to the 37, and I think that set up the, the go-ahead touchdown eventually. And look, man, heads up to Mr. Sanders, number 99. He ought to be in the, in the backfield all day. See y'all later. Yeah, uh, that, Thank that, you, Tommy. Uh, yeah, Tommy, i tell you, that's a great point. And we're going to talk about, uh, you know, the heads-up play by Paulson and Debo. Uh, you know, uh, I, I thought that, um, you know, he had three passes defended. He had an interception. Uh, he led the team in pass defending. The only one to come up with a pick. You know what's crazy uh, when you think about this? And um, uh, th- this is something, again, uh, th- that is not an opinion. 
You know, we've been able to intercept the football. And, and that's something that uh, you take pride in as a team. Okay, so when you look at interceptions overall in the National Football League and, and where we are as a team. So uh, we are amongst the best. And i got I got to find this in my notes uh, because this is something uh, to show you uh, that we've taken the football away and uh, where we are. In our, I got it right here. Okay. If you look at uh, going into this game, we had eight interceptions. Now we had nine. Only the four, we third in the NFL, only the 49ers at 11. And the Jaguars, ironically, uh, they had nine. Now, I don't know what happened today, but this is going into the game that the Saints, unlike last year, were able to take away the football and get interceptions. So if you look at this, I don't know if I've ever witnessed this on a roster that you, you, you want to talk about spread the wealth and getting interceptions. Okay, we had eight interceptions. Now we have nine. But coming into the game, Honey Badger, Tyran Matthew, one interception. Zach Bond, uh, one interception. Uh, Marcus May, one interception. Uh, Johnson, uh, you know, one interception. Lattimore, an interception. Isaac Yadam, uh, an interception. And now uh, who's in the forefront? Paul Sotadebo with two. So we have nine interceptions, and the leader on our team with nine interceptions is Paul Sotadebo with two. It's all been spread around, but Paulson Adebo broke that barrier and was able to get his second interception on the season. And uh, listen, it doesn't happen by accident. He's around the football, like Definitely. I said, uh, three passes defended. And uh, I thought this was one of Paulson Adebo's better games as of late. I thought he came out the gate. Uh, I got to check my notes right here. And I thought he was uh, the very first uh, three and out. You know, you start in the game. How are you going to set the tone? You're on the road. And all of a sudden, it was a third and six. And I wrote, nice tackle by Paulson Adebo. Uh, he's guarding Pittman. It was third and six. They only got two yards. I go three and out. So that was from the get-go, Paulson Adebo was involved, and, and he was locked in. Helping set that tone for sure, no, right? Uh, Paulson Adebo, uh, the way he played today, he didn't need to go to no damn sports psychologist. He was ready to come out the gate smoking. Good for Paulson Adebo. We're here on the Ciroc Point after Ciroc Ultra Premium Vodka. want to hear from you, 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line. We shall return right here on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Welcome back on the Ciroc Point after Ciroc Ultra Premium uh, Vodka. Cajun Cannon, what's bugging you about today's game? It's brought to you by J&J Exterminators, Louisiana's independent exterminating company. So in the Saints' big victory for today, 38-27 over the Colts, Cajun Cannon, what is something that's bugging you? Well, you know, you have a two-minute offense, a four-minute offense, and how are you going to close out a game? Uh, I don't know if you watched the two-lane Rice game yesterday. Look how Tulane closed that game. You possess the football, and you run out the clock. Even though it's a close, hard-fought victory, you still win. What's bugging me, and Deuce brought this up, and Deuce is 100% right. The clock management. So I would ask, I mean, come on, Sneaky Pete, Pete Carmichael, uh, Coach Curry, who's in charge of the offense. You cannot, when you're trying to milk the clock, you got a 35-27 to 27 lead, and you're trying to uh, milk the clock, obviously still get first downs. 
But you're not going up-tempo. Uh, you're doing up-tempo when you try to play catch-up. You don't want to give the Colts another opportunity to possess the football. And what I mean by that, when you break the huddle, if you look at the clock, you know, you're watching on TV, whatever, and you look how much time there is to snap the ball, the Saints are breaking the huddle like um, – like under 20 seconds, like 16, 15 seconds, and those big line, the big ass linemen are lining up. You cannot expect them to stay in formation and go down and not have a false start. I'm telling you, I know that from experience. You got to hang out in the huddle. Everybody got to slow their roll, and you got to say, okay, I know when to break the huddle, and I'm not going to leave you in your stance too long. And then we're going to snap the ball. And the clock's uh, going to roll. All of a sudden, because then uh, you're getting false starts. Two false starts, uh, that's clock management, it's unacceptable. You might say, well, the linemen got to be do- so more disciplined. Or whoever it is. No, you cannot be in your stance. It's like uh, you might twitch. Who knows? You might all of a sudden get a freaking cramp. And then, oh, oh no, and then these big guys. You got to take care of them. So when you break the huddle, I'm going to talk about that on the second guest to Dennis Allen, a Coach Curry, who we're going to have on tomorrow night. That when you're trying to end a game, and there's nothing more humiliating is that when you're winning and you're able to get first down after first down, and you're not really trying to score, you're just trying to milk the clock because yeah, the right. game's well in hand. Well, uh, then you're shooting yourself in the foot. When you get two false starts. So that was bugging me, like Deuce, because we've been there, done that. You cannot all of a sudden uh, break the huddle and you're on the line 16, 15 seconds. No, you got to go to the line, you're milking the clock, and then snap the ball right before so you don't leave your lineman in a position that they could have a false start. Right now we're going to pause 10 seconds for stations to identify themselves on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. See all the who dads lined up on the Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line. We'll get right to you more back here on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Rocking and rolling on the Ciroc Point after Ciroc Ultra Premium Vodka here on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Ah, winning feels good, Cajun Cannon. Seeing on our Oakwood Heart Jewelers talk and text line. Bobby, we went back to the penthouse. We left the outhouse. That's from 5872. I don't know if we've less, uh, left the outhouse uh, to get to the penthouse, but we're on the elevator. There you go. We're definitely making uh, a no, move No, up. no, no. We're going up. We're not stuck in the basement. 
No, we, we are going up the elevator, so we got a slower road. We got to be humble. Now, we can be humble amongst ourselves, but you might talk smack. But no, there's still a ways to go. You got to take care of business. To me, there's no reason now that uh, I thought uh, we're probably going to be 5-5 five and five going into the bye week. There's no way we shouldn't beat the freaking Vikings now. Oh, well, Abraham, we play the Bears next. The bad news, Bears, hell yeah, we should win. If you look at the quarterbacks who we playing, the Bears, we playing in the Dome. Then you go to Minnesota. They playing a quarterback that you have to investigate, okay, who in the hell is playing for the Vikings? Not number one. Not number two, who's number, number three? three QB in It'd Minnesota. be like almost the Saints are playing the game <laughs> and is truly a rookie of virgin uh, like uh, Jake Hayner. Oh, okay, the starting quarterback. That's like last year when Ian Book had to play the Miami Dolphins. And uh, not so fast. <laughs> now, now, Ian Book, I mean, come on. Uh, he's a USFL, XFL, or he's not. I mean, Ian Book. Uh, I like Jake Hayner a lot better than Ian Book. But that's where we're at. If we have the defense I think we have, there's no way we shouldn't be 6-4 and four in the bye and go on a three-game winning streak. Oh, you're looking too far ahead. you got to slow your roll. I understand that, but I'm looking at the quarterbacks we're facing. We should take care of the bad news bears. And then we, we got the Vikings, okay? And then after that, you know what? Uh, who's winning the NFC South? I don't know. Look and see who Atlanta's playing the next two weeks. Because after the bye week, Come around Thanksgiving, guess what? we got to go at Atlanta. They got the Vikings next week, and then they're at Arizona before playing the Saints. Oh, so they might. we might have two wins. They might have two wins, even though they lost today to the Titans. So uh, that might, drama keeps building. might be for first place come November 26th at Atlanta. Now December the th- 3rd, uh, to bring up Dece- uh, December, uh, I think we'd have to upset the Lions. Come on, you got Carolina, uh, then you got the Giants and, and uh, the Caesar Superdome. You know what's crazy now that I think about it? And, and, and Steve, this might be, and I'm not, I don't know, poo-pooing anybody about this, but I don't know. Uh, do we have the right name for the Superdome? Oh, yes, we do because they're paying us. Uh, the Caesar Superdome. Caesar Superdome, uh, all I know is we have not won. Uh, we've played 20 games. We're like eight wins and 12 losses. I don't know. Uh, you could call every damn stadium in the country Mercedes. I don't care. All I know is with the Mercedes Superdome, we freaking won. Now, you might say, well, no, Atlanta. Uh, okay, we the Mercedes Superdome here, and they were the Mercedes Stadium. What right, happened they were Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Right. Yeah, okay, Stadium. We were the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. All I know is a lot of winning football happened. But since we've been the damn Caesar Superdome, ain't been no damn winning. That, that, it's that, been that, thumbs down no, from Caesar. Thumbs down. It's like we the, uh, the, the gladiators that are getting decapitated. Okay, uh, we're in the Coliseum in the Caesar Superdome, and we're getting uh, the barbarians are taking us over and uh, putting us down. No, we got to turn that around. Definitely. Uh, there's no way in hell that when we come this Sunday against the Chicago Bad News Bears, that 
Okay, uh, listen. No, I'm not. A mess. I, I'm not being a homer. I'm not being a homer. This. <laughs> You're a homer. There, there, no, there's no way. Listen, if we were playing the Eagles right now or the 49ers in the Caesar Superdome, oh, you know it's going to be a tough hole. No, I would say no. We got to upset them. There's no way we're going right. to beat them. The ball would have to bounce away. The ball don't even have to bounce away. We should beat the freaking Bad News Bears. Right. The Bad News Bears are a team that beats themselves. And, and the Vikings are going with their third quarterback. Even though you're playing, uh, they're going to do the skull chant and all that. We should win that. <laughs> That's I still mean, a little bit down the line. No, it's, it's down. Then you have the open date. Everyone gets healthy. Then all of a sudden, you got to go to the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. What's going to happen? We might both be tied with the same record. We, we, we I think we could be, uh, Steve, uh, I think we both could be like 6-4 uh, and because we both are uh, 4-4 four and four right now, right? Right. So I, I I can tell you I'm a prophet I'm a prophet I'm looking at this we both Atlanta be six and four and the Saints are both going to be six and four and we playing at Atlanta uh, November 26 for first place in the NFC South it's going to happen early it's kind of like a dome away from to- dome two since they are a Mercedes Benz Stadium yeah yeah and and uh, hey listen uh, to me it doesn't make a difference uh, at Atlanta or in New Orleans. A divisional game. All I know after the bye week, we play Atlanta twice. And I've said this over and over again. I said this when the schedule came out in the spring. Come after the New Year's in 2024, we're going to play the Falcons right here in the Caesar Superdome. It's going to be you win that game, you win the NFC South. You lose that game, you go home. I'm looking at that one as a matchup that could oh. be flexed to prime time too. Oh, obviously, I, I, I'm telling you, watch it. I'm te- that's gonna it's gonna come down to that. I don't know if it's nine wins, ten wins. I'm kind of off of that eleven win uh, bandwagon. But I'm talking about double digits, ten wins, ten yeah. and seven, nine and eight. I think this year that's going to win the NFC South. Coming back with more of the Ciroc Point after, right after this on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. On a winning Ciroc Point after, Black and Gold getting a 38-27 victory over the Colts in Indianapolis. And Cajun Cannon, time to talk about our diamond in the rough performance of the game. That's presented by Friend and Company. You've got a friend in the jewelry business. So out of the Black and Gold players today, Cajun Cannon, who's that diamond in the rough? Well, it'd have to be Nathan Shepard. Now, how can he be a diamond in the rough? He's a six-year NFL uh, veteran. Uh, I don't even know if he talks to the media. Uh, he might tell the media to go screw themselves. I mean, uh, here's a cat uh, that has flat out gotten it done. He's from Fort Hayes State. Uh, that's a directional. It's a freaking fort. It's not north, south, east, west, but I don't know. It's a fort. Fort Hayes State. It's in Kansas. Six-year veteran. Uh, obviously, you look at the free agents that came on board and who would give an opportunity to speak to the media. Uh, like uh, Colin Sanders, you know, from West Illinois, five-year veteran. He has been like the spokesperson. Uh, I don't know. Somebody might have an interview with Nathan Shepard. I've never heard one. I don't know if, like, uh, I want to talk to Nathan Shepard. Definitely when he got introduced when they signed him, and that's the last I remember yeah, of talking uh, to Nate Shepard. Uh, listen, I'm just going to do my job in the Hootat Nation. We don't care. All right, bring the lunchbox, like you always say. Yeah, uh, uh, pack a lunch, bring a lunchbox. We don't care if we talk to the media as long <laughs> as you produce. Well, Nathan Shepard has produced. And I'm looking at Diamond in the Rough today. He had a sack. He had uh, two quarterback hurries. Uh, he had a tackle for a loss. And then uh, he had three total tackles, so you now uh, look on the season. Okay, what he's done, he has 17 tackles, but he has two sacks. Uh, you know, he has uh, t- more sacks than Cam Jordan. 
Now he's not a Carl Granis, but he has two sacks, two tackles for loss, and four quarterback hurries, which is in the top three. So uh, I like that. Uh, you don't have to talk to nobody. Uh, how about you going forward uh, that every other game you get at least a sack or you get a quarterback hurry, a tackle for loss? Uh, that is a lunch pail type of player from Fort Hayes State in Kansas. Uh, not the Kansas Jayhawks, uh, the Kansas State Wildcats. No, Fort Hayes State. No, to me, that's intriguing. I would like to go to lunch with that dude and just talk to him. What has happened in your life and where are you at today? Because you're amongst the best in the NFL, and anytime you're having a career of six-plus years going forward, uh, the NFL don't care where you went to school. They just know if you're producing at the highest level. And good for Nathan Shepard. I, I got to give him credit. He is truly a diamond in the rough, even though he's an NFL veteran going into his sixth year, but not necessarily a household name in the NFL and with the Who That Nation. Nate Shepard, our diamond in the rough performance of the game. That's presented by Friend and Company. You have a friend in the jewelry business. Want to get to our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line. So many of you guys on hold right now. Rob in Mid-City, what you got for us today, Rob? Uh, thank you for taking the call. Uh, it was a good win. A win is a win. I just want to make a comment about Chris Olave, and I want to ask you about Marcus May at number 31. I think Chris Olave comes across as of lately has a sense of entitlement personality. And I think he needs to be humbled. Hey, without a doubt, Rob, uh, that, that is like 100% correct. Entitlement, where I was drafted? Uh, no, you're in the NFL and it's a weekend and week out process. Uh, I agree with you totally. I mean, it doesn't yeah. matter what you did at Ohio State, where you were drafted, all of that. The video speaks for itself when he told the, the police that he played for the Saints. They don't care who you play for. They don't care about that. You putting somebody's life in jeopardy doing 74 in a 30-mile-an-hour zone and, and, and things of that nature. The other thing is, uh, what's the status on Marcus May and that dude number 31? He seems like he's two steps ahead of Tyron Matthew, and he's a step ahead of Marcus May. He needs to get more playing time. 31, Jordan Howden, yeah, rookie. Yep. Yeah. Uh, look at Jordan Howden. Uh, now, uh, he ended up being third in tackles. He had eight total tackles, four in assist, and he had a pass defending. No, uh, that's one thing. Um, listen, I think Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, is very instinctive. I think all his uh, veteran uh, leadership that he brings and his experience – but he is a step slow. He just says it is what it is. It's not hating. It's just everybody gets old. It's just part of football. Now, uh, Honey Badger ended up with four total tackles, but uh, you don't see him uh, making plays out of the ordinary. Now, uh, you bring up Marcus May. Uh, Marcus May wasn't even on the stat sheet. No, no, no. He was dealing with an illness and was questionable for this game. Illness? What, you got the flu? Not sure what exactly was going around with the Saints. You know, everybody, we had a few players that were questionable for this matchup. Listen, there's a bug going around, a 24-hour virus. Uh, in modern medicine, they can give you IVs and give you a shot that uh, you don't even feel sick. Now, you might feel sick tomorrow morning, <laughs> but I don't feel sick for the game. I would say overall, though, Marcus May has been pretty productive in black and gold, so I might give him a oh, pass here. Okay, all I know is right now, and I'm being honest about this. Okay. Marcus May and Tyron Matthew have a ways to go to be on the level 
of Malcolm Jenkins and, and Marcus Williams. I agree with uh, that. Okay, uh, no, I, I, I'm telling you. I don't care where nobody's from. I'm just telling you like it is. Whether you like Malcolm Jenkins or not, Saints, Eagles, back to the Saints. You look at Marcus Williams. He leaves, he goes to the Ravens. And we all know the Minneapolis miracle. I'm talking about overall play, yeah. game in and game out. Right now, the safety position, I think we've got a lot of experience with Tyron Matthew and Marcus May, but they're not on the level of consistency where Marcus Williams and Malcolm Jenkins were. That, that's a fact. Fact is, we'll be back with more of the Ciroc Point after, right after this, on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Who that? Want to get right into our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line. Got James and Nola. What you got for us today, James? Hey, guys. Uh, so, Jalen Hall is going to be the quarterback. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, the Minnesota uh, guy. That, uh, unfortunately, he's, he's got the ACL, so he's going to be out. Uh, Achilles tear, right? Not the ACL, but Achilles tear. Right. Right, Cousins. And uh, he's a BYU. Yeah, he's a he's a BYU quarterback. I like him, but my point is this: um, they're in a hunt like we are. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if if they got a little oh. crazy and and I know for the quarterback, you know, a guy that we have down here that I've been trying to get rid of for a minute now, uh, maybe a third rounder, maybe. You know, he won't be here next year. I don't want to mention his so name. So he talking about Jameis Winston and going to the Vikings or something. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, trade deadline. When's the trade deadline? It's coming Tuesday. up. Tuesday. No, it's Tuesday. No, no, it's going to be happening. Uh, no, uh, you're looking 48 hours. Tick-tock, tick-tock, right? Uh, no, it has to happen now, James. Uh, what, what did the Vikings do? No, that that makes sense. We'll take Daniel but, Hunter for Jameis Winston. But but, but I can tell you, uh, Jameis Winston, uh, okay, uh, listen, as a quarterback, even though you're a veteran, to know actually what you're freaking doing, to go to a new team, and be able to run the offense. It's not a regular player. You're the freaking quarterback. There's no way, there's no way in hell if Jameis Winston went to the Vikings that he should have success against us and basically a week and a half. How, now you'd have to have two wristbands. I'm looking at this wrist, that wrist. How you calling plays? What are we doing? Terminology. It's not like you just say, okay, go down and out. Or how about you, you, you run a post, you run a corner. It's not in the sandlot backyard. James, there's no way that right now the Vikings can address where they're at with a quarterback to have success against the Saints. I would be shocked. Now maybe if some guy goes there and run around, James Winston's too old. He can't run around like when he was younger. He's like 29 years old, and he hurt his knee. So to say that the Vikings could find a quarterback right now, uh, no. You might limit the game plan and where you're at right now, but that's a big challenge. I'm not saying it cannot happen. And then when you look at the Saints' defense, now, do you think uh, the numbers are delusional? I mean, I don't. I still think we have a top-10 defense. Going into the Colts game, we were number four overall, uh, number nine against the run, number five against the pass. So if you throw in a young cat out there, shame on the Saints' defense if we don't have success. The Bears are the Vikings. You got to be freaking kidding me. You know the one that can have success against the Saints defense? And we play them after the bye week? Not Desmond Ritter. Taylor Haneke. Right. I'd be interested to see what the Falcons are going to do going forward. They gave Desmond Ritter every opportunity. What Desmond Ritter played against the Saints? He didn't even have 100 yards passing. But Taylor Haneke, look what he's done. 
when the Washington Commanders uniform, and now he's been that seasoned veteran uh, with Atlanta, I'd be more worried come November 26th facing Taylor Heineke than anything the Bears or the Vikings going to throw at us. I'm just looking at from today, Bobby. Desmond Ritter went 8 for 12, 71 yards passing, sacked five times. Tyler Heineke came in 12 of 21 passing, 175 yards, a touchdown, sacked once. Uh, no. Still I'm, lost uh, to the Titans, though. No, no, they still lost. Good. I'm glad they lost. Absolutely. Uh, but I'm telling you, uh, James, uh, uh, come on, you're not being objective if you want to agree with the statement I just made about who we face in the next three weeks. The Bears at home at the Vikings and at Atlanta. Uh, Taylor Heineke is the best quarterback we face in the next uh, month because we got that bye. So you look at right now, October the 29th, we play the Falcons November 26th, so basically a month. Uh, Taylor Heineke would be potentially the best quarterback we'd be facing over the next three games because we don't have four because of the bye. James, come on. Come back on and tell me if you so looking, agree or disagree with that. So so looking at the schedule, the best two quarterbacks are and, and, and this really average right now is the Detroit quarterback. Oh, without a and, doubt, Jared Goff. Oh, no, no, it's a different yeah. animal. Jared Matt Stafford, Goff, too, with the Rams. Uh, you know, uh, come Jared Goff, right, December right, right. the 3rd and December the 21st, right, right. before Christmas, Matthew Stafford, without a doubt. Stafford hurt his thumb. I don't know if he'll be back in time to play with us, against us, rather. But the other guy is, and this is really sticking in my craw here, the other guy ranks number two in the league is unscripted plays right behind uh, Josh Allen, not yeah, Josh Allen, and that's uh, Baker Mayfield. You saw that when, when he played the first time. He, he basically won the game with all scripted plays. Well, so well, well, and, 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 and James, James, I got to agree with you there because I, I was, uh, I said, shame on our defense, the success that Baker Mayfield had against us, uh, even, even a couple of times to be able to get first downs with his legs. But that's down the road. That's going to be, um, you know what's crazy? That's New Year's Eve and then 2024 when we play at Tampa Bay and Atlanta at home. Boy, there's a lot of football between now and then. So, James, when you look at, like, Baker Mayfield, we're going to know a lot where the Saints are at uh, come December the 21st at Tampa Bay and where they're at. As of late, uh, Tampa Bay has been by the wayside. Now you have to look who they played, who they lost to. Uh, I mean, uh, to me. okay, they Baker's went, been getting his butt kicked, too. Yes, and he's dealing with injuries and uh, beat up. Uh, but you look, uh, I, I thought I watched that game on Thursday night. It's the only Thursday night game I've watched from the beginning to the end. I thought he was hanging in there tough in Buffalo. That's a tough place to play. For sure. He, he was hanging How in there. How about that Hail Mary at the end, too? That was a hell of a throw. How about, what's his name? How about you turn your head around <laughs> and catch the ball? Not Mike Chris Evans, Godwin, Chris right. Godwin. Come on, locate the ball. That was, that was a beautiful Hail Mary pass by Baker Mayfield. He gave him an opportunity to maybe steal a win. Well, we're going to try and steal a couple more minutes away here before we sign off. Uh, getting into all the talk on the Oakland Hard Jewelers talk and text line. 504-260-1870. Want to hear from you. Nanny and Marrero, James and Nola, Jimmy and Gretna will be back with more right after this on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Before we hit that Oakland Hard Jewelers talk line, Cajun Cannon, what you see on the text line that's grabbed your attention? Well, uh, 
this is something uh, I think he has not progressed. He's kind of maybe hit a wall. Uh, that when I look at uh, and it says, let me see right here. It says ninety-one seventy-one. Uh, can y'all talk about Pete Warner's play this year? The guy is terrible. I don't think he's terrible. No, but uh, I'm gonna talk that's about. That's a bit his extreme, play. right? No, that's a bit extreme. Um, <laughs> and all his tackles are made downfield. Yes, uh, there's some truth to that. Is it time to give someone else a chance? Who? I think. <laughs> well, yeah. Who? Who? I mean, uh, who, who are you gonna count on? Uh, uh, when you look at uh, who's active and uh, who maybe uh, you're going to lean upon. Uh, uh, Steve, when you look at our, our roster, okay, who, when you think at, uh, who's, okay, we're going to give DeMarco Jackson, uh, Nephi Sewell. We're going to give Nephi Sewell the special team ace. That would be, uh, when you're thinking about Nephi Sewell, that would be like, um, and he's on into reserve, that'd be like Andrew Dowell right. from Michigan State. They're more uh, serviceable special teams guy. Now, I look more, when I look at Pete Werner, who's having success, and he was having a pretty damn good season, not so much against the Baltimore Ravens, would be Alex. Remember Alex Hazeloni, uh Fabio with the long hair, sure. throwing out the helmet. Now, Alex Hazeloni, I think uh, the Saints got rid of him. He was always hurt. He took that next step uh, with Coach Campbell with the Lions. And he's done a fine job. Playing with Aaron Glenn out there, right? Right. Now, not so much that, that Ravens game. So what are the Lions do, doing today, uh, Steve? Or, uh, because to me, it'd be interesting to see how Alex Azzalone bounced back, uh, you know, with the comparison. Uh, tomorrow to, for the Lions. Oh, tomorrow. Yeah, okay. Monday night football. So they're playing Monday night. So look at Alex Azzalone and if he bounces back, because he did not have a good performance against the Ravens last Sunday. And uh, what he does. But I would think, uh, so I compare him, Pete Werner, Alex Azzalone, uh vice versa. Now, if you look at Pete Werner uh, came into this game uh, leading uh, the team in tackles. Now, you look at DeMario Davis dealing with injury. He had 47, uh, D- double D, DeMario Davis had 45. Now, when the game was all said and done, uh, DeMario Davis has uh, 53, and Pete Werner has 51. So when you look at, like, impactful plays and, um, you know, uh, so what occurred, like Double D, uh, he had 12 total tackles today, a quarterback hurry, a pass defending, and you look at Pete Werner had four tackles. So when you compare how they're contributing and leading the team, I still say you got to wait and see about Pete Werner. You talk about making tackles down the field. But when you're talking about guys that you'd put in there instead of Pete Werner, uh, no. Uh, they're just on the roster. It's, it's not happening. They're not putting Nephi Sewell uh, uh, you know, uh, out of Utah. Now, it's a good gene pool. His family, and uh, boy, you look at his brother and everything, but uh, Nephi Sewell was a free agent. I mean, he's like in, in his second year. In the NFL, and, and you can look at, well, we got to find somebody better. Yeah, you're just going to, um, you know, just uh, fall out of the sky. Like DeMarco Jackson. Now he's backing up DeMario Davis. And uh, his assignment, DeMarco Jackson, we drafted him in the fifth round in 2022 at Appalachian State. So when you say uh, Pete Werner got to go, uh, no, uh, that, that, that you don't understand how the roster is structured, and we need Pete Werner and DeMario Davis to have success. 
And I say also, you might say, well, he's the weak link. Uh, uh, Pete Werner, uh, he's part of a defense that is fourth overall in the NFL and uh, ninth against the run and fifth against the pass. So it's not like he's on a defense that is, oh, we ranked one before last or something. So uh, that's why uh, this texter, uh, I I don't know, uh, it was a local call. It's like 91-71. Give someone else a chance. Uh, no, uh, you don't. You don't understand what you're talking about. You don't understand. I'm the just ro- curious who he wants to give the chance to. No, exactly. <laughs> you, you don't understand the roster and the makeup of the team right now. Okay, uh, give somebody else a chance. Now, the other, the, the guy to give a chance, but you can't expand your roster would be if Caden Ellis was still on this team, but he's not. He went to free agency and got more money to play for Atlanta. So that's why people think you have like 100 people on the team. No, uh, we got to have somebody better. Limited roster and the backup linebackers, the reason why they're on the team, like Andrew Dow from Michigan State, Nephi Sue, is because they go down on special teams and they make tackles. DeMarco Jackson, all of them. Now, they might develop into an every-down linebacker to play on regular defense, uh, but we don't have – no, we need Pete Werner uh, to stay healthy and play at a high level. Uh, like uh, like we need to double D to Mario Davis uh, to be on that level. Going on to our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line. See Jimmy and Gretna on hold. What you got now, Jim? Hey, what's going on, guys? Doing all right. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, man. Yeah, and again, happy birthday to Steve this weekend. Appreciate A couple you. things. I'll say it real quick because once Bobby gets to talk and forget about it, I'm gone. <laughs> and, uh, you're right. I'm you're the, right, uh, Jimmy. Go ahead. It's a pick six. He's <laughs> taking it to the house. <laughs> so I got to hold the mic as hard as I can. Um, no, what I was going to say was, number one, yeah, you're talking linebackers, Bobby. That's our thinnest position. I said that all summer. Luckily, we haven't had injuries to our main two guys right there. Uh, as far as everybody talking about two weeks from now, uh, Minnesota Vikings, yeah, let's hope. And look, listen, hey, yeah, I'm a Southern Miss guy. Nick Mullins, he's on the IR, but he might be back for that game. He is the all-time leading Southern Miss passer in yards ahead of Favre. So just for the record, I do hope he plays. I just hope the Saints beat him. Uh, but I hope so, he So, he, so, so he wait, Jimmy, Jim, how you know he might be back? I mean, you know the status heard, of his injury? I had, I, okay, I had, yeah, heard. he's got a back injury. Nick Mullins has a back injury. As you guys are kind of projecting the, the who, what quarterbacks we're going to play. Right. Of course, right. the Bears are, are the best. You know, it look, it's, a very, it's possible we do play Nick Mullins. And, and they're pretty happy with him. Uh, I don't think they're going to trade. But, yeah, if we could trade Jameis and get some value for him, that'd be great. Now, let me say this. This is the main reason I called. And Bobby, chime in. Steve, chime in. How much of a freak of nature is Taysom Hill at 33 years old to be doing what he's doing? Now, let me say this. In dog years, in the NFL, 33 years old, I don't know what position you'd call Taysom. uh, But hybrid, hybrid, hybrid. A hybrid. Bobby, to be running over linebackers, and separating from 22-year-old cornerbacks like he does and still doing it today at 33 years old. Tell me uh, how amazing that is and what a freak of nature he is at that age. Taysom Hill's an animal. Uh, Listen, uh, every team will want Taysom Hill and be part of their game plan. Okay, think about this. This is not college football or high school, what you're doing. This is the NFL. Taysom Hill... Runs for 63 yards, seven-yard average. Okay, he throws a couple of passes. Um, he has a long gain of 44. He's one or two 44 yards. 
and then uh, he catches one pass for 14 yards. So he has 121 total yards. Anybody hating on Taysom Hill is just a hater. Uh, are you kidding me? Taysom Hill is unfreaking believable. Uh, you want to talk about the definition of a football player and could do a number of things, it's Taysom Hill. Okay, you might say, well, uh, Bobby, he can't do everything. Could he play on defense? Probably. Uh, probably. <laughs> I mean, uh, he's going down on punt coverage, kickoff coverage. He's made tackles on special teams. He's blocked punts. Right. He is like the old school Jim Tharp of modern football. Hey, Bobby, who in the hell is Jim Tharp? Oh, look it up. It's like basically 100 years ago of football. It's a Native American who's one of the greatest athletes football players ever. Look at the history of football. Look up Jim Tharp. Well, Taysom Hill's the modern-day Jim Tharp. Taysom Hill's unbelievable. And an unbelievable American, good family man, wife and kids. No, Taysom Hill's too good to be true. If Taysom Hill, if you had a daughter, and they came home with Taysom Hill, and, and all of a sudden, uh, oh, the, 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 Dad, I want you to introduce to my boyfriend. You said that about Derek Carr, too. Yeah, but Taysom Hill's a different level. Uh, uh, because because uh, Taysom Hill could do more things. Not, not, uh, no, I meant as a bring it home as a, you know, as your daughter's, win -win? Your daughter's uh, spouse. Uh, okay, uh, uh, okay, there'd be three guys. Uh, Demario Davis, okay. uh, Taysom Hill, and Derek Carr, I think you would hit, you hit the lottery uh, <laughs> if your daughter brought them home. Because I think the outstanding citizens where they're at in their life right now, now I, I don't know what your faith is, you might have a problem just because Taysom's a Mormon, but uh, whatever. Uh, but, but, uh, but, you know, are you a Christian or not a Christian this day and age? It seems like, you know what, uh, that does not change. That we're always fighting over religion. Just look what's going on in the world today. Hello, look at the Middle East. Hello. One last big push here on the Ciroc Point after Ciroc Ultra Premium Vodka. One last segment coming back with more right after this on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Getting ready to close down shop here on the Ciroc Point after. First, want to pause 10 seconds on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network for stations to identify themselves. We got Manny and Marrero hanging on the Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line Cajun Cannon. What you got for us, Manny? Wrap it up great. All right. I want to thank Bobby for the compliments that he gave uh uh, Tyson Hill, he really is a great ball player, and I, I just admire him. I wanted to see if Bobby could think of the, the nickname that they could give him as um, uh, for Mr. Hill. Well, you, you have a nickname, Bob. We've called them uh, Jack of All Trades. I've heard the Mormon Missile. The Mormon Missile, well, yeah, I, I've heard that Mormon Missile. Uh, no, I, 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 I have like two or three. Hill, hey, man, I, I, I have like I have two or three bootleg T-shirts. And I'm wearing this tomorrow, the silver slipper. I'm wearing my Taysom Hill bootleg T-shirt. It's like uh, it has the Swiss Army knife all opened up, and it's uh, recognizing Taysom Hill. I will wear that tomorrow night because it's very appropriate. Uh, because uh, when you look at it, and again, it's not an opinion. This has happened. Manny, you know what's crazy? Steve enlightened me uh, from Jeff Novak. Uh, who oh, yeah. works out. Listen, Taysom Hill... The Saints are 16-1 when Taysom Hill runs for 40-plus yards. Get on the rock. So get on the rock. <laughs> I, I, I'm saying uh, Taysom Hill had nine carries, 63 yards, seven-yard average, couple of touchdowns. Uh, so I'm saying Taysom Hill should have nine to 12 carries a game 
because he's always averaged throughout his career five and a half yards a carry. Uh, you know, today he was seven. So uh, when he has 40-plus yards, they're 16-1. I think that's a winning formula. Want to thank all of the good folks behind the scenes of the Saints Radio Network, executive producers Diane Newman, Kevin Cassidy, Saints sales manager DePaul Smith, assistant producer Ian Hoke, associate producer Scott Colomb, studio producers Charlie Long, Chris Coleman, and Cullen Steele, plus our stadio, stadium station engineers Danny Miller and Ernie Kane on behalf of our Saints radio broadcast team that's Mike Haas Deuce McAllister Jeff Nowak and Robert Carroll thank you for listening to Saints football be sure to join us next week when the black and gold will be taking on the Chicago Bears in the Caesar Superdome high noon next Sunday right here on WWL Saints radio I'm Steve Geller talk to you next week right here on the Community Coffee Saints radio network Cajun Cannon say goodnight to the good folks and a happy victory Monday to everyone. All right. Happy Halloween and bon nuit. Good night, people. Who that? Go Saints. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 